Hello! You're listening to Interlude 1, Part B of Beast Fables. My name is Brian, I use he, him pronouns, and for this podcast I was joined by Ver, who uses they, them pronouns. In Part A, we built the character of Greer, a mercenary uh, meadow hare, uh, and now in Part B, we're playing the game. Uh, character building might not be interesting for everybody, so I've split the episode that was originally one whole into two separate parts. So if you are interested in the background of Greer and the construction, how character creation in the system Adventures on a Dime works, go listen to Part A, or watch it all happen live on YouTube. This show is sponsored by Roll20, uh, who are a virtual tabletop uh, platform. We play Beast Fables on uh, Roll20, and we even have a custom character sheet for the Adventures on a Dime system, which I wrote on Roll20. Uh, I'll let you get into the podcast. It is way more interesting than this little ramble. And I hope you have a fantastic time. It is... We'll say mid-morning. Uh... You have been camped outside of Holdall for maybe a day now. Uh, it's four weeks after you were able to confirm that the Boar Legion, that the Boars were entirely routed, and that the Tusk Legion's initial mission was successful. You have been on several missions, uh, Greer, uh, exploring uh, the nearby forests and escorting groups of stitchers and construction workers to uh, villages where they can make sure that the local populace is okay, uh, helping find lost refugees in the woods, and bringing them back to civilization so that they can start to rebuild from the ashes of their previous lives. You have set up a camp, I say you, the Tusk Legion has set up a camp near the the edge of Holdall, and will be looking around for boars in the local area. It is uh, mid-morning. You've slept a little later than normal because you were up all night the before trying to track uh, some boars that may be stragglers on from the the, the recent war. Uh, but you weren't successful. You didn't find anything. Uh, what sort of... Where are you staying? What, what sort of your... What are your living conditions like in this camp? Hmm. Well, I don't really have, like, a sleeping bag or anything. Um, I guess uh, if she's part of this camp, maybe she has some kind of tent or something mm. that is just uh, for her use. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably uh, fairly modest, uh, just very practical. Um, she was able to uh, kind of obtain it on account of her status, uh, she's helping out in this area, um, so whatever uh, whatever kind of quartermaster is here uh, just kind of provided her with what she needed to sleep. Uh, I imagine she uh, is actually set up a little ways away from everyone else. Mm. Um, on account of uh, she has been with the Tusk Legion for I don't think she was with them since the beginning. Um, she's been with them uh, for long enough to 
kind of entrench herself in their ongoings. Uh, but because of her very solitary lifestyle, there's still a part of her that is a little... Uh, just because of her keen hearing and um, the lifestyle that she's used to, uh, large amounts of beasts at once uh, are something that maybe she doesn't engage with if she can. So she's a little maybe, I think maybe Grizz is an extremely light sleeper. So you're very yeah. sensitive to like ambush and attack or like movements yeah. in a target if you've dozed off. So sleeping near lots of other beasts is actually very difficult for you. So you're a bit farther away from the, the main camp. Um, and that's for her. Uh, but I also imagine she's a little further away also for others. Because mm. if she's traveling with this group, you know, they aren't perhaps the, the people that she was specifically mentoring. Um, they know who she is. Uh, they know that she's a tanner and a tracker. And um, she doesn't want to make anyone, um, I guess, uncomfortable or wary. Uh, she's in a place where both they can see her and she can see them. Mm. Um, and uh, I also imagine that uh, she's kind of in a position where she can... Uh, if we're overseeing the town of Holdall, uh, she would be in a kind of forefront place where she can also see the town. Yeah. Um, as uh, just the um, habits of a tracker uh, and kind of that innate vigilance uh, uh, dictating that she's usually set up in place in vantage points, essentially. Um, and she's, I feel that she's kind of still balancing a little bit of that taboo, um, uh, oh, how is it described? Uh, that social taboo, uh, while being part of a society right now among the Tusk yeah. Legion. Um, so there's like these few things that she's juggling and she's kind of found a, a middle ground. Hmm. Um, I'm going to say you're in your tent. You know that it's morning. You have a good keen sense of time. Um... And you kind of, you awake, you can hear some rustling nearby, getting closer, and you're looking up um, at the uh, dark red fabric of the standard issue Tusk Legion tent. Um, have you personalized the tent at all? This is your tent. It's like a standard tent, but have you changed or altered the tent at all? Um, no. no. Uh, I think she doesn't ha really have... Um... As a person, she's kind of uh, modest. Um, mm. She tries not like she has these symbols that denote her for what she is, but like she doesn't wear trophies. She doesn't collect trophies, um, and uh, I, I think this is probably part of trying to set others at ease. Like she's not gonna put up goddamn like bird skull on the entrance of her tent, yeah. like big old Danner. Um, so actually, and because also of the lifestyle of being on the move, uh, there's no real place that she like calls home and she's not intent on making a place home. So yeah. these are all just transitional points, um, as is this tent in this moment. So uh, the inside, inside she keeps organized and clean. Like if she's up, she has kind of um, made, you know, the, the bed, quote unquote, whether it's uh, just straightened out a a sleeping bag or some kind of blankets. Uh, she's kind of... I think she finds a piece in that meticulous kind of manual labor of cleaning and organizing. So mm -hmm. her spaces around her are uh, neat, 
just because um, I think that's like a kind of focal point of this is my space yeah. is I'm taking care of it. You can hear the, the, the crunching of, of, a, of dry grass under paw. Um, something is approaching at a very casual pace is walking over to the tent, uh, your tent. Um, and it kind of like crunch, 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 and then it kind of stops outside your tent, and then you hear something being put down. Um, do you do anything? Uh, she um, she was probably in the process of kind of organizing her that role, uh, kind of making sure all the tools are fine. Um, so she's continuing doing that, and just like her ear, one of her ears perks up to listen. Uh, but she's like she's not gonna call out because if this person doesn't want to engage, she's not gonna like force yeah. them to. The the flap of your tent um, is partially pulled open, and a familiar face uh, pokes uh, his head in. Um, Eli, who is a, a ferret uh, with kind of dark rings and kind of a brown uh, rippling. Uh, shade to his fur, his long uh, neck and head poke in and you can see kind of just slightly covered by the like the rest of his uh, kind of clothed, uniformed uh, body kind of pokes his head and he goes oh hello Eli, uh, glad you're up, I got your laundry here it, did, he, did he call me Eli or no Eli pokes his head in I'm kind of interested, oh, sorry I, I yeah. said, he said hello Eli no, um no. I, may, I maybe uh, said hello, Eli, but meant to say Eli says hello. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Um, uh, so he put down the laundry, right? Um, uh, I think she... Well, actually, he kind of, he kind of seeing that you're up, kind of like flips the, the tent flap all the way open, so it's now lying on the outside. And you can see he's got a basket with um, some folded laundry in. Um, and he's wearing uh, metal-studded um, padded armor. Um, and... Uh, he's got his, the basket's actually mostly empty. They own the uniform in there, or the only clothing, not uniform, because you've got your own clothing, is one of your sets of um, kind of traveler's clothes mm-hmm. that he kind of takes out. Uh, yeah, she, because um, uh, she's still organizing her tools, but she mm. kind of turns her head a little bit to look at him with that red eye. Um, yeah. I imagine she's looking at him with a scarred side of her face. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, she just kind of nods her se- head um, and says, uh, thank you. You can leave it there. And kind of uh, just inclines with her uh, with her head, like at the edge of the bed. Mm. And um, he kind of, he says, uh, he doesn't flinch when you kind of turn your scarred eye towards him. Um, and he says, uh, mind if I trade? And he kind of nods his head towards, say, some dirty laundry, like uh, part of the tent that you've kind of left there. Um, as he's kind of laying down the clean laundry where you uh, motioned him to. Oh, uh, yeah, she um, she turns back to uh, managing her tools um, and uh, uh, says, well, I think it's a fair trade. <laughs> and he gives you a little wry... Uh, smile and kind of picks up the clothing and then puts it into the, the basket and he says oh, um, Commander Clay was uh, uh, asking about you and the others uh, and you know when he says others he means the the kind Stage. of 
not stitchers, the kind of not tanners. Because they aren't tanners, you haven't taught them how to tan, but the animal hunters, the beast hunters that you've mm. been training. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Eli says, yeah, Kamara Clay's been here looking for you, and uh, uh, he doesn't seem too happy. Uh, her ears slightly, uh, like, I imagine there's, her face is very unmoving, but her, her ears do a lot of twitching and turning, uh, whether it's searching for intonation or just a, a, a version of hair emoting. Um, mm. uh, she is going to start wrapping up her, her bundle mm-hmm. um, and uh, basically uh, say, um, well, if he's looking for me, I won't keep him waiting. Uh, and uh, she's going to strap on her tools um uh, secure the uh, knives on the sides mm. of her legs. Uh, and oh, I, this I pres- is a question. Yes. Do you have leather armor? Um. Because mm, <laughs> I draw her in just like a cool coat. Yeah. Um, I suppose if if she's, hmm, it would make sense for her to have leather mm. armor if she's in this situation where they might be dealing oh, with boards. hang on i've got a, a vibe um it's leather plated so she's got leather plates that are stitched inside the coat so it's subtle because that's what she is she doesn't wear trophies so she has the benefits of like leather armor but it's inside her plain clothing all right i think the only thing because i kind of draw her with like just the coats kind of open mm. uh uh, so I guess um, there's just kind of a centerpiece that probably goes underneath. Or I guess she can just kind of close up the, like, it, there's a chest piece that goes underneath that she can strap yeah. on that she just puts the coat. Because um, it would be a sl- like ever so slightly more restrictive than having the coat open, so kind of she can, you know, move her front paws mm. uh, with a lot more uh, ease. Um, it's got, like, a I protective... I'm. This is more, like, aesthetic than it was necessarily, like, the physical active thing yeah um i was just thinking like oh yeah like tanners have leather armor but like if you do have some kind of like leather armor it's sort of like it protects the vitals and it's non-restrictive and it's disguised inside your clothes because that's sort of the gray vibe yeah 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 yeah. Uh, yeah so i i think that's a really good uh greer vibe indeed um so yeah she she would uh start kind of fastening what she needs to to uh mm. to uh uh be ready for whatever action is needed yeah um, Actually, uh, as, as the, kind of says to yeah. not keep him waiting, because uh, Eli said that he's not happy. Do I remember that correctly? Yeah. Play. Um, so she's because like if Eli's pretty casual with her, uh, then I assume you know he's not scared of her. They kind of seem to have a good rapport. So uh, uh, she's going to say, um, it, "What what creature is Clay?" Um, Clay is a frog, a particularly <laughs> oh. old one. Oh my heart, I love it. Um she um well she's gonna say uh say he's angry. What riled him up? Uh Eli kind of rocks back on his his back paws and then kind of pauses and thinks honestly I I, I don't know. I haven't seen him this angry uh, in in well since last summer when the you know when the boars came through what was it, Meadowbank and they just saw their old place apart uh i don't think it's balls but i know it's not good 
um, she just kind of nods at this, uh, like acknowledging that Eli's words. Uh, but I don't think she comments any further. Um, just once again, on account of her personality, like she's not going to muse or say like, well, he's stupid to be mad or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. She just like... Just sort of nods. She, yeah, yeah. I, 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 her like The way I kind of want to play her is like, she doesn't in, assume or infer a whole lot, unless it's predators, in which case, extreme prejudice. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's like, oh, if I can't get any more information, then like, understood. And, like, yeah. affirmative, yeah. actually. So you <laughs> and nod I, I, and there's sort of like a, a slight... You nod and there's a slight quiet. Um, and then Eli kind of pokes his head back into your tent again as you're sort of like buckling on like the 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 leather belt with the, 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 the knives that you've got. And I think your knives would be like disguised by the, the, the roll that you have. The roll goes over them, but it doesn't obstruct you from taking them out, if that makes sense. Well, I see, I imagine they're on the size of her legs. Uh, Ooh, so they're cool, very that's cool. <laughs> yeah. um, but while they're in their sheaths, they just, you can't really tell what kind they of knives they just look like are. knives, yeah. Yeah. So you're kind of, you're putting your knives on, and you've kind of got your coat and everything, and you're starting to kind of buckle stuff on, and he kind of pokes his head, and he goes, you know, you've been with us a while. I got a, I got a needle and some thread. We could do something nice with this tent. Put some vines in here, or make it a bit homelier. I don't think we're going to be moving from this spot for a few weeks. And he kind of, he's looking uh, around the tent, and then he kind of looks at that. you, and... Not expectantly, but just sort of, almost a little awkwardly. Hmm. Um. She just looks around the tent. Um. Uh. Hmm. Like she doesn't really see a point in that. Um. But she'll say, um, "Well, I can't say I've had any ideas for making this place home." But if you have time and thread, and some ideas, you can come around sometime. We'll see what we can come up with. And he gives you that same sort of like little smirk, and he says, "I'll go. Uh, um, I'll go ask Merrywing. I think I think they got a good idea. They they see all sorts of plants. Plus, I mean, it might keep out the light, or uh, I don't know. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. And he kind of." picks up the dirty laundry in the tent and then kind of puts it in his box. He says, well, uh, have a nice day and I'll uh, see you at camp tonight. As he's kind of starting to kind of back away and walk off. Uh, she nods um, and says, uh, I'll see you when I see you. Hmm. And he kind of starts to walk off, um, as you can tell, back towards the main camp. Um, and he's whistling, but I can't whistle, so I'm not going <laughs> to. Um... So you've got, presumably, like, your fresh, clean clothes on. You've got everything ready. Um, what would you like to do? Would you like to go to the main camp and try and find Clay? Or would you like to try and do something else before you see Clay? Um, well, she has been, uh, due to the, her nature, she's been, you know, she's ready for action in terms mm. of she's checked her uh, things. Her knives are probably, I assume, are sharpened. Uh, mm. Unless she needs to tend to any equipment um, I feel like you would have done all of your tending before you went to bed, so if you needed to yeah. wake and go, you'd be ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think she just uh, kind of, as she's getting out of the uh, tent, she just kind of glances around it again, kind of thinking about what Eli said about putting in some vines or things. And I think she just kind of... Um, 
like looks at this tent it, it is serviceable for what it is and thinking about decorating it she just kind of uh closes her eyes and like shakes her head but in like she doesn't because the nature of her face is like she doesn't like smile just because rabbits have a funny face mm. um but it's just kind of that good natured thing of just like well i don't understand why he wants to do it but if it'll make him happy sure mm. I think, I think rabbits coffee. twitch their, their noses a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, her her little nose uh, flares up a little bit in mm. the equivalent of like a, um, uh, hmm. Yeah, just, just kind of kind of like a like an amused smile of like she thinks it's a little silly to decorate here. Uh, this isn't home, but she also doesn't mm. really have home. Um, but sure, if you'd like to, I guess we can put some vines there. Uh, and she's going to leave, step out to uh, try and find uh, Clay. As so uh, Clay's tent is, um, like with most camp layouts, it's in the very center. Um, mm. And it's adjacent to um, the, the the meeting tent, uh, which is much larger. And it's where all of the, the meetings, the briefings, uh, and the maps are stored. Um, so you stride through uh, the... The mid-morning camp, there are some soldiers that are cooking, some are organizing, uh, some of them are like preparing equipment, some of them are are cleaning, uh, like sweeping dust out of their tent. You notice that some of the tents have got, um, as they had before, they're not necessarily new, but you recognize the familiar patterns of, um, some of them have patches stitched into them, some of them have like, sort of like quilting, they've got like previous battles like histories sewn into them um all of the tents are a standard like dark red that's dyed from a local berry but they have modifications that make them their own with flax and thread and very occasionally with small patches of color that they could salvage or dye themselves Mm, um and they're very handmade uh they're not by any standard beautiful um but you know each of the stories handmakeness of them Mm. they're charming yeah, um, you see uh, one of the the soldiers um, oiling the wheels on their uh, their wheelchair, and um, another is uh, actually stitching into his tent as he's going. Um, mm-hmm. And he kind of looks up and gives you a little nod. Um, not many of the the soldiers here, because they know you, tend to stare, so you don't feel the sort of the hackles rise and the attention on you. Uh, but you don't mm-hmm. fl- you don't slow your stride either uh, to bask in mm-hmm. it. You you move quickly and directly because this is the vibe I get of Greer to um, Clay's tent, um, mm-hmm. and you poke your head in. Uh, no one's there, but it's laid out um, almost as neatly as yours with larger chests of of things and tables and things. But you can hear the kind of the croaky grumbling of Clay next door in the meeting tent, and so you swerve round uh, this tent. Oh is not dyed red it's actually it was originally just a plain linen but it's now very muddy and brown at the bottom and more yellow and and sun bleached at the top um you well you're outside the the tent maybe it's uh four or five strides wide enough to hold maybe 10 or 15 creatures comfortably Mm. with chairs inside um you're outside the tent what would you like to do she just looks at this mottled tent uh and just kind of like says slash thanks to herself like well it seems Eli's thread might be of more use here (laughs) 
and uh, she, uh, unless it's like obvious that there's, well, she has keen hearing. Mm. Uh, so as she approaches, uh, basically she doesn't want to like you know stride in if Clay is like the secret meeting. Nobody can know what's happening here. Yeah. Um, she's not nosy. She just wants to know if she won't like this is an appropriate moment to walk in. Okay, I'd say make a cunning roll, but you have advantage because you're tagging your keen ears. Alrighty, let's give it a go. Oh, I won't even roll a second <laughs> time because that's. I a mean, you you could roll a second time and get two eights and then fail later well, due see. to fate. Oh, baby! <laughs> you actually got two eights. Yep. So you rolled the maximum on your die, which is an eight for a d8, twice. So you get two critical successes. You do better than expected. The narrator describes how things go in your favor. It doesn't matter that I rolled it twice, but I mean, for but me, that's it does. the odds are very difficult. <laughs> that's nice. So um, you can hear Clay croaking. I haven't spoken as a frog yet, so I feel it's very low and it's very grumbly. <laughs> Clay's grumbling around. He goes, oh, I can't be bothered with these damn beasts anymore. And, uh, we get here and they have... He seems to be grumbling um, to someone. Um, it's probably Sibilance, who is a, uh, a fox, who is um, Clay's second in command. Um, a fox? Oh, not a fox, not a fox, not a fox. Sorry. Um, yes, that you were right to be very shocked by that. Uh, I no, I don't mean a fox. Her knives. <laughs> um, no, it's it's a. Hang on. <laughs> Words. Uh. You really got me there. You know, that's, <laughs> that's a twist. I'm gonna say maybe like a badger. I hadn't really decided. Um, who? No, a Pine Martin. Um, Pine Martin is sort of like, uh, similar to a, um, a mink or a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, a I Pine Martin. Of, I know of uh, Pine Martins. They're very cute creatures. Yes. Um, Sibilance is a Pine Martin and, um, she is Clay's right hand, but she only ever responds if asked a question. She's very, like... Passive? Not passive. She has a very serious air to her. Ah. Gotcha. Um, so she doesn't ever say an unnecessary words, but he's grumbling at someone, and he's grumbling in a very personal way. He seems to be ranting about how dumb beasts are, and how after everything that's been done for them, uh, you you leave them for two seconds, and they kill and they kill each other, and they're dumb. And why is, why is a legion even here? Because clearly the boar should just be killing us all because we're not worth it. it it's you feel it's very like it's it's angry ranting. It's not serious prose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, very hyperbolic. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Greer will like her ears. You know, she's not she's not like pipistrelling this. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, uh, curious. Yeah, she's Pipis- curious. yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> She kind of <laughs> sorry Atlanta if you're listening um and Ashia, uh, kind of you know realizes that okay well he's having a moment but he's still searching for me so she will take a f- just a couple steps back 
And then as she moves forward, she's gonna move louder, which is uncharacteristic for her. She's very, I imagine, fleet of foot or mm. sleight of foot. I would say uncharacteristic. I say she's deciding to let him know that she's approaching. Essentially, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and is going to, like, clear her throat. Um, and, uh, I like, what do you do? You don't knock on the side of a tent. Uh, but she might just say, um, uh, kind of approach louder uh, mm. and say, is it Commander Clay? Is that his Commander Clay. Thing? Now, normally in the Legion, when there's a large amount of people, uh, in like a camp, there would be guards at significant tents so that you would get announced, but the the force here is small enough that they're either on patrol or resting, so there's no guards at this tent. So you okay. could like cough or like announce yourself, um, but also you have a, a personal enough relationship with Commander Clay that you could just open the tent flap and walk in, especially with like your special badge. Okay. Um, in that case, uh, she's just gonna make it obvious that like someone's approaching um, mm. And then open the tent uh, and uh, see, presumably, Commander Clay, as I have been hearing him, um, and say, um, uh, Commander Clay, I hear you've been looking for me. Um, he doesn't actually acknowledge you. He continues ranting. Uh, he's facing away from you. He's kind of like a large, um, round frog but more baggy with age than necessarily like bulky with muscle. Um, and he is like pointing and, and slapping on the table with his hand. And you say, come on, Clay, in your kind of quiet hair's voice. Um, and then it's not until um, Sibilance, it is, it is Sibilance, kind of leans slightly over and just says, Commander Clay, that Clay actually looks up at Sibilance, does a sort of like slight squat. It's not like a, he couldn't cock his head but instead his head kind of goes a little into his body, which is the equivalent of like a fraud, a frog kind of, <laughs> uh, you know, turning the head. And he goes, hmm? and he kind of turns around and he goes, oh, yes, it's you. Come in, come in, come in. And he kind of kind of walks around the table um, and gestures at one of the chairs that are kind of at the edge of the tent, um, dragging uh, one forward for himself. And he kind of plops him down on this sort of like frog-sized chair that's a bit higher up, so he's at an equal level as someone bigger who's seated. Yeah, as uh, I do believe um, Greer would fulfill such a uh, size difference. Uh, yeah, she uh, is going to uh, walk up to that chair and, and sit down um, as comfortably as she can. Mm. And uh, just kind of... Uh, yeah, uh, just look at him expectantly, um, mm. hearing what he has to say. Um, so he says, I need you to look at these maps here. Um, and I'm going to scroll down to show the people at home the maps. Uh, there are a collection of maps that have been pinned to the, t the, the table. Um, some of them are made by mappers in the Tusk Legion. Some of them have been purchased from the Guild of Mappers. Um... And uh, they're generally laid out to show the, the surrounding area you're in. Uh, you are in the bottom left map near Holdall, marked with an X for T19, Tusk 19, the, the camp that you are in, the 19th division. Um, you recognize Broken Tusk to the east, the capital, uh, central area uh, for the Tusk Legion where the forces are held. 
and where, presumably, White Flank and the rest of the command are. And you can see other cities, you know, north. You can see Rose Hill. Uh, in, in orange ink, uh, you recognize the markings of boars and where they've been placed. Um, and in red, you see markings of where the, the legion are uh, mm-hmm. and various notes and, and curious things. Um, I don't think I'm going to do... Uh, uh, the voice because it's actually a bit too low for me but um essentially uh commander clay kind of lets out a a huff and he gives you like one eye squinting gives you a long hard look before he says what do you know about hold all what do i know about hold all (laughs) um you said you grew up in rose hill didn't you uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I think so, yeah. So you kind of repeat what you, you'd know, which is quite basic. It's, um, a capital city, not a capital, but it's a very large city built into a tree. Many of the buildings are in the branches above. Um, there are some forges there as well, run by badgers and moles. Um, and it seems to be quite a, I think the term they use is metropolitan. <laughs> Uh, a lot of different beasts there. It's not a place that you've ever gone to. Um, you've mostly roamed the, the northern parts of the Bristly Woods. And... Uh, yeah, so she would kind of repeat that. Uh, yeah. I, I feel it would be like a very curt kind of militaristic mm. uh, you know, metropolitan town uh, built mostly into the trees. There's a few forges. Uh, a direct route from Spinner's Cot, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there's another pause, and then Commander Clay says, About two weeks ago, we sent over a delegation. I say we. The Tusk Legion sent over a delegation to talk about joining the. Well, whatever it is that White Flank's organizing. Some kind of mega guild. I'm not too sure. And we hadn't heard much back. The delegation didn't return. And, well, we know that talks and and things like this can take some time. It took some three weeks to negotiate with Middle Meadows for us to guard them while they built their stuff back up. You know, you were there. But, uh, well, we're a bit curious. And we've seen boar sightings in the area as well. That's why we're here. But, well, a scout's report that Holdall isn't doing well. Uh, there's there's riots in the city, and he kind of pauses I, when I, to it, hear what. Yeah, go ahead. From, from where my tent is, have I seen anything like smoke or? You haven't seen any smoke. You haven't uh, smelled anything either. I don't think the noise yeah. is loud enough to ever travel that far. Because you're maybe like a mile or two away from Holdall. You can see it, but like... Oh, okay. I thought we are like on a hill like above it or something. You are, but like it's like a, it's a distance. You can see it and you're on a hill looking down at it, but you're not necessarily like close enough that you can hear the general hub and bub is what I'm saying. Okay. Um... Or you wouldn't expect to be able to hear it for regular noise. Yeah. Um... Uh, well, she's been listening to him uh, intently. Um, 
and uh, I was going to say, uh, uh, well, when were we supposed to hear back from our delegation? Well, we were meant to have a word sent to us by Moon Messenger or Wing Warden by, well, four or five days ago back at Broken Tusk. Uh, when we came out in here, uh, we were told to keep an eye out, but not to expect trouble. But now that scouts are saying that there's there's riots, we don't know what, but we see that there's a, apparently a lot of animals angry and moving about. They stopped the elevator as well. And uh, I don't know if you know, but there's a big elevator on the side of hold all that goes up and down and ferries all sorts of traffic. And, well, if they've stopped the elevator, they've stopped trade. That's where all the, the chapter houses are. And that means something's going down. Weed, well, I say we. And he kind of looks at Sibilance, who gives him a, a very curt nod. He says, I'd like you to go in and investigate and see what's happening. Uh, she kind of considers this. Um, and she says, uh, well, it sounds like things might be pretty bad if you need a tanner to go in. He kind of, he nods at this and he says, yes. We don't want any violence. Discreet. We know that you're quite a quiet one. We don't think you'll be noticed. We don't want you going in on Legion colors, just in case it will... Ah. He struggles for the word and then Sibilance leans in and says, um, except I can't pronounce it, exasperate. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Expedite. Yeah, so. yeah, expedite. We'll say expedite because I can pronounce that. Um, she kind of leans and says, uh, "Sir, expedite." And he and, and then Commander says, "Yes, expedite any uh, ongoing conflicts. Go in looking like a regular hare and see what's going on." Now, um, I'd like you to make a, a cunning roll for me. I can certainly do that. Uh, I presume if there was anything to tag, you would have uh, told me that I can do that. So far, so good. All's good. Um, I'm going to say that you notice that there is um, uh, the silhouette of a beast listening near the tent, uh, projected by the sun. Um, and they are not nearly as subtle as you were. Um, uh, she the, is the shadow will say is behind uh, where uh, Clay and Sibilance are, so they wouldn't be able to spot it. Yeah. Uh, she is going, like, she turns her gaze at this shadow and kind of inclines with her head, like, you know, pointing at it to them mm. and says, uh, and how confidential is this information that you're giving me now? Um, Clay leans and says, for you, <laughs> She, like, nods her head at the oh. shadow. Oh. Indicating to them, like, hey, look over there, so yeah. how important is this? Sorry, um, I, I, I think maybe that you have control of it is that you could point one of them. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> um, I think, uh, I, I, I think it's a little goofy. <laughs> She's just like, oh, point. no, not like full on, like animatronic, like, I think like, like lean it. Yeah. Like you could twitch it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Or, so just kind of put your ears in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. In that direction. Not like, bedoing, bedoing, bedoing. No, not, 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 not Cartoon Network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But like you, you gesture with your ears in a subtle way, and then um, 
Uh, Kamada Clay completely misses the motion, but you see Sibilance's head snap to the left. Mm-hmm. And she stalks off um, to the entrance and then round. Um, Kamada Clay says, for you, strictly confidential. Hasn't even noticed that Sibilance <laughs> has walked off. <laughs> um, oh and he's in the middle of saying, we don't want anyone to know about this right now in case it's nothing or in case it's something. And by the scruff of the neck, Sibilance walks in with um, a uh, a rather portly mole who is wearing um, a clean linen uniform, undyed, um, with a uh, apron over the front that's a very dark colour. Um, and with little, little spectacles on the bridge of their nose, uh, you recognise this as Hiccup. Um, who you've seen around the camp, but uh, haven't really talked too much. Um, I just Sibylla- every time you give of each beast, my heart just grows thrice. I love all of them. <laughs> I'm actually really enjoying this. <laughs> I'm sorry, had- I'm sorry, I yeah. just really had, oh, really had to voice my love. Um, yes, I haven't, uh, haven't had a chance to show off lots of beasts that the characters would know. But yeah, so Sibilance walks in with Hiccup by the scruff and then throws him down before the table. Um, not onto the table, but sort of like onto the ground so he kind of falls to his knees. And he kind of goes, Oh, uh, uh, hi, Sybil. <laughs> and Sibilance gives him a, a very stern look and then returns back behind um, uh, Mander Clay. And Clay goes, kind of looks over the table because he's a bit short he looks over the table and goes oh uh, uh, Hiccup I hadn't seen you arrived uh, what do you want uh, how is how is um, uh, Greer reacting to all of this uh, well I wanted to ask if when uh, what is the name of the badger again s- s- uh, not badger um, um, uh, uh, pine marten sibilance sibilance um when Sibilance throws Hiccup down, um, do his little spectacles fly off? Uh, no, because they, they've got, like, a string that keeps him on his face. Spectacles. Okay, okay. Um, He's got so, the uh, old person uh, glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loopy. <laughs> uh, well, she is just kind of... Because um, she's, you know, Greer is looking at uh, Commander Clay, and then he turns his gaze at Hiccup, and she just very slowly, like, looks at Hiccup with that leveled... S- I-, I think at this point, uh, maybe just the way that, um... You mentioned that the shadow was, like, behind Clay and Sibilance, so I assume mm. light is coming in at her face, so in this moment, her eyes are particularly red. Um... Mm with light as she kind of looks over at Hiccup, uh, just seeing what he'll say. You know? Let's say you're in shade, like you're in the shade yeah. of the tent, and you lean slightly to get a better look at at uh, Hiccup, and the light catches your eyes, and they just have like this very dark blood sparkle to them. Yeah. And uh, who, um, do I know, like, who Hiccup is? Like, what, what do they do? Um, you know not much, actually. You've never, you've, okay. aside from a couple words uh, at camp, this is the first time you've traveled with Hiccup. Um, you're not quite sure who he is. Um, apart from cute. Apart from cute. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
Hiccup kind of stutters a little bit and kind of picks himself up and goes, oh, I, I'm very sorry to be to be nosying where I'm not welcome, but I, I heard, I was walking past and I heard there's riots in Holdall. And he seems very anxious. And um, Sibilance's eyes narrow as if by acknowledging that he'd heard it, he'd made the situation worse. And um, Sibilance uh, locks eyes with Commander Clay. They nod at each other, and then Sibilance goes to stand outside the tent, and you can see the sh- her shadow slowly making a circuit of the the tent. She's now on guard. Mm-hmm. Um, Commander Clay gives another one of his famed pauses. He looks... Um, uh, Hiccup up and down. And unlike you, it really seems to shake Hiccup. Um, you have a, a good relationship with Clay, but this stare he gives Hiccup seems to make him quake a little bit. And he says, Yes, there's... Well, there's something happening in the city. Why, what's it matter to you? And Hiccup says, Uh, uh, uh well, uh, it's just that... Well, you know I'm from the, the, the guild, the the stitches and and it's it's where the the library is and well I had hoped that we could retrieve or copy some of the texts that's why I asked the the flank to send me out this way with you and well if there's a riot that that might be not so so great and Captain Clay looks down at the maps for a second and says then to you, Greer says, uh, Greer, do you, uh, do you know much of the, the stitches? Uh, she, when Hiccup said that he's part of the guild, the guild of stitchers, her ears mm. would have kind of worked forward, like her nose kind of flaring slightly, her whiskers turned, like, also, like, with this in, kind of despite herself, a kind of inquisitiveness, or she, she had a reaction to it. Mm. Um, and uh, she continues looking at Hiccup with that level's red mm. gaze. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, she says, um, uh, uh, yes, I'm familiar with the, uh, with the Guild of Stitchers, as tanners, we have some shared practices. And um, Hiccup's little beady eyes kind of widen a little bit, and kind of he kind of perks. He kind of stands a bit taller, and he says, uh, "Yes, uh, well, my colleagues are actually very interested in speaking with, with you. Uh, uh, maybe not right now, but uh, well, uh, you know so much about the the beasts' bodies that." Oh, I think the we could really. Sorry. She she kind of interjects him when she says the mm-hmm. like the beast. She says the lines. The lines, and he goes. Uh, oh, I, I, well, there's so much that we could. And Captain Clay cuts him off with a croak and says, "It is your meeting or mine." Well, now that you're here, stay and be quiet. And. Um, Hiccup goes, ooh, and he kind of scuttles over to the side of the tent and sits in one of the, a chair that's too big for him, that's sized for maybe um, an otter. And he sort of just goes, ooh, 
And he kind of is very small in this very big chair. And slowly and calmly, um, uh, his gaze meets... Uh, not his gaze, but uh, Commander Clay's gaze meets with yours again, Greer. And he says, As I was mm-hmm. saying, there's riots in the city. We need you to go in and hopefully find the, the diplomats, the emissaries that were sent in. Find out what's going on and report back. Uh, she, uh, will nod at this, um, and say, uh, yeah, she she takes some of that information, uh, kind of thinking a little bit, uh, she says, um, uh, how many were there? What beasts were they? The delegates. The delegates. (laughs) For a minute, Captain Clay is like, I don't know who lives there. And he realizes you mean the delegates. And he goes, oh, um, they were uh, two rats. And he kind of, he starts to scribble through um, uh, his notes. And he finds, because he has their names. Certainly. He does. He does. (laughs) Brian, I have a massive document that goes in all directions that I scribble on. Maybe walnut. No, because the rats have specific names and they're really cute. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I they have a know. naming tradition. This is the thing when you do world building, is you do all these really cool things and then you ignore then- it because you can't find the stupid name that you wrote. <laughs> I will find it. I will find you and I will name you. Um... Their names are. He goes. Oh, well, there. Oh, I got it. I got it. Their names are Quang and Shy, and he kind of passes you um, two slips, two cards of paper made from thicker bark that's been pressed and glued. Uh, they have two. You know that there's one of these for each member of the Legion. Uh, when you officially join the Legion, a portrait is drawn of you. Uh, by one of the artists at Broken Tusk, and then a, a record is kept of uh, your size and physical distinctive uh, looks. Um, Love it. And they are Huyang, spelt Q-U-I apostrophe A-N-G, um, uh, uses they, them pronouns, has uh, brown fur uh, with a white circle over uh, one eye, the right eye, and um, specifically only has one tooth, the left tooth, um, and uh, is a veteran uh, from the first year of the uh, the Boer War. Oh. And then re- semi-retired, uh, re- was um, relieved from frontline duty uh, for more diplomatic work after receiving a very traumatic injury. What was the injury? Um... It, it doesn't specify on the card, but you could ask uh, Captain Clay. Uh, she would have, yeah. Um, she, she says, it says here he was, uh, they were discharged after an injury. What was it? Discharged, Wait. that's the word. Yes. Um, Captain Clay goes, well, uh, it says for grievous injury, it was actually the death of his, his partner. Doesn't like to talk uh, about uh, it. He, he him for Quang? Quang? Oh, God, sorry. no, sorry, they. Yeah, sorry. This is no because worries. I'm making them up on the spot. No, don't worry. Uh, yeah, of okay. their partner. Their partner. Um, 
uh, Greer just kind of nods. Uh, she asked in terms of like, is there a limp? You know, something like that. Like, mm. the kind of marker should look for bounties. Um, so this yeah. is like, okay, I don't need this information. She just nods yeah. at, <laughs> and is like, okay, that's not important. <laughs> Press X to skip. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so um, you nod and um, and then you look at the other card, which is for Shy, spelt S-H-I-E. Um, uh, Shy is he, um, him. Um, and has got um, grey and blonde striping uh, down the majority of his body um, with a single blonde left eyebrow. Uh, Shy was originally from the Mappers Guild um, and has a gold um, uh, earring. It's a, a loop. Um, also on the left ear. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's gonna take in this information. I understand she can't, like, take these report cards. She just, um, or these, like, data cards. She's just yeah. getting the info. Yeah, she, um, she's definitely into memory uh, in the way that very much the kind of bounty hunter. Do you uh, want to have a journal of marks? Wait, we you're asking? That, yeah, or, um, yeah, because we could add that to your carried items, and you could note all of this down in a journal if you wanted. Um, I actually think she she uh, keeps it all in her mind. Um, mm. I think she doesn't note stuff down because that's potentially information that can be taken mm. um, her practice is that she uh, she uh, keeps everything in her mind and I, I'm making these notes because yeah. god knows my memory <laughs> isn't um, but I think she's very much like um, very much committing things to memory rather than yeah. making notes of them so um yes we'll say that you've got like part of your organized mind and organized like trait is that you're really good at like just keeping all of these thoughts categorically perfect but that's more aesthetic but yeah so you're, you're kind of yeah. committing these to memory and you're actually really good at memorizing all of these features as well because you don't want you never want to make a mistake as a tanner no no um, i feel like guild like if someone makes a mistake it's it's a one strike like you're out hmm because uh, otherwise the guild, like it would be so easy to. It undermines like, no. the reputation of the of the, exactly. of the guild. So I. It's feel, actually I feel it's like, actually a brand worthy offense. You become a stray. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Uh, so because uh, it's definitely part of the apprenticeship, like to kind of teach you all of these things. And if you can't mm. remember things as an apprentice, you're not going to be a journeyman because they don't they won't give you those tools. Uh, so I feel that notion of being very meticulous and never making that mistake is important. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the notion of having a very keen mind for these things is very important. Yeah. Um, I, think it's, I, I think it's why it's advised that you don't keep journals, because that's information that you did not commit, and it can be fabricated or changed. Mm, yeah. All the secrets, all the information is kept in your mind, because that's where it's the safest. I'm loving all of this world building. Yes. Um, so you look at these cards, you memorize information. Um, are there any questions you want to ask about the two or about the, the delegates? 
yes, uh, she's gonna look at these cards, and as she's looking them over, uh, committing their appearance to memory, um, she will say, uh, who are they sent to speak with? Uh, are there authorities in Holdall that they would uh, have been contacting or staying with? The C Commander Clay pauses for a moment, kind of looking up and remembering, and he says, there was, uh, there was a, a crow, I believe, who we'd met on the fields, you know, after one of the battles, by the name of Walnut, who claimed to know a great few guildmasters of the smaller variety in the city. Wait, the crow said, sorry, I might have missed it. The crow said that they know the yes, guildmaster? The, the crow said that they knew a great many of the guildmasters of smaller beasts mm -hmm. in the city, and their name was Walnut. Walnut, yeah. Um, I think uh, uh, Greer's ear kind of like twitches in a very subtle hair like annoyance mm. <laughs> of like, because this isn't like she needs the full story. She says, uh, so did they go contact this? Walnut Crow, or are they using her as a liaison to these contacts? I think it's liaison situation. Uh, these delegations are here just to begin negotiations, begin the conversation. They check in, and it can take time, especially for such a big place as Old All. It's almost—it's probably twice the size of Broken Tusk. It's just that we haven't heard back. That's a bit concerning. Uh, she nods and says, um, well, if it's been four or five days since you were supposed to hear from them. And she kind of, like, inclines her head, because she's already thinking about, like, tracking. She's thinking of worst-case scenarios. She's thinking of finding bodies. Mm. Uh, uh, she says, um, how long has this unrest been brewing in the city that you have heard of? Our scouts. Well, we didn't have observers in Holdall. We've been keeping to our camps and mostly trying to, as you know, do work around the area, uh, tracking and the such. Our scouts flew over and said that there seemed to be unrest. There seemed to be large gatherings of beasts, not a lot of working, and the elevator was uh, unoperational. We don't know how long this what? has been going on for. Well, when did they, uh, when did they cite this for the first time? That was this morning. Her ear twitches with another, like, kind of annoyance. Uh, dead end. Like, this is information that's unsubstantial. Mm. Um, uh, she says, uh, if the diplomats have not returned earlier, why was nobody sent earlier? <sighs> I'll tell you. Again, things take time. We assume this is this is us sending people now. It can take time for things to travel. There may have been no messengers. They may be on their way to Broken Tusk. Uh, we can't be sure. We're the only camp closest to Holdall right now. The others are T8 and T13, and they're as far away from uh, Holdall as they are from Broken Tusk. It would be easier just to go straight there, to the main camp, that is. Um, cheap nuts. Um... Uh, this walnut, this 
Wait, was it a crow or actually? Let me double check my notes. Crow. It was a crow. Uh, this crow. Do does anybody know where she's stationed? Uh, said that could be. Uh, she could be met at the. I think it was the, the Yellow Band Club. It's a, a meeting place for all sorts. Uh, on the the middle reaches of the tree, inside the tree itself, but it has perches outside for winged folk. Uh, she considers this um, and says, well, I've never been to Holdall. Do we have any maps of the interior of the city? Or do we have any members of uh, this camp that have maybe come from there? Um, Commander Clay looks again up, sort of like checking a fact in his head. You know when people look up like, um... Yeah. Um, and he says, I think, I think there's a private, private red claw. And he kind of strains it out, and yeah. you hear from outside, whisper, a kind of, a, kind of said quietly, but pitched for you to hear, uh, sibilant say, um, uh, yeah, private red claw, sir before continuing her circuit around the outside of the tent. Um, and under uh, Clay's like, yes, Private Redclaw. Uh, camping uh, in the north uh, of the camp. Um, staying with uh, Marmlet and Marnie. Uh, I think he's currently rotated. He kind of shiffles through more papers. and says, uh, currently the on break will be uh, patrolling the camp at uh, 11th hour before the uh, the noon. Uh, she so you should catch him. Yeah, so north would be in the direction of Holdall as well, correct? Oh no, it's kind of east, uh, west of us. I mean, like, oh, well. it's, a, it's a short walk. It's it's like, the camp isn't big. It's like a minute's okay. walk, so it wouldn't matter, but yeah. See, um, uh, she nods, and because I imagine she was, as she was asking these questions, she was looking over these cards of these two rats, mm. uh, kind of getting us, like, remembering as much as she can. Uh, she's gonna put them back on the table um, neatly. <laughs> like, she does that, like, stack thing where she uh, makes sure that they're perfectly aligned. Mm. Um, down. Um, and, uh... Uh... Yeah, uh, she says, um... Uh, well, given the amount of time that has uh, elapsed since we were supposed to meet these diplomats. I'm not sure how long it will take me, but I'll do what I can. And she kind of gives a curt nod at the uh, at the commander. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as she she's going to get up to start leaving mm -hmm. is the commander or wonderful hiccup uh, doing or saying or getting up or anything? So as you get up, um, it's customary to give like a little bow, not like a big gracious one, but like a tilt of the head. Um, yeah. So you do that, you kind of signal that like, that's it, I'm going to go do this. Um, and as you get to the tent flap, uh, Commander, um, well, there's a cough from Sibilance, and then Commander Clay goes, before you go, and he kind of looks at you and then looks at Hiccup pointedly, he says, this is to the tusk, you understand? And you know that to the tusk means that this is to be kept entirely secret, except to command uh, to commanders and to those who are also in the meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of hiccup, yeah. kind of goes, oh, oh, yes, sir. And he kind of, like, bubbles. 
um, very quietly looking, very small and meek in his very big chair. Um, and, uh, I mean, I assume you just kind of give like a very Greer nod. Yeah, yeah, Greer nod, yes, mm. uh, trademark. Uh, she understands that entirely. Um, discretion is part of her profession, mm. so... Uh, she understands the sentiment perfectly. Um, but as they're kind of uh, doing this, um, she'll actually incline, uh, like, to hiccup, to, like, kind of follow her along. Because mm. she'd like and, to have a word with her. Yeah. So, um, out of character, don't worry, you will get to speak with hiccup. Um, okay. Uh, I have a plan, though, for that. Um what 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 do you would like to do as you leave the tent? What are you going to do next? Oh, so I don't get to like he. If I incline to him, does he not? Um... So like as you're leaving the tent, he goes to follow, and then Captain Clay is like, actually, before you go anywhere, hiccup, I want a word with you. And he's like, oh, and so we can't follow you well, right now. Yeah, I just, well, in that... I have I have a scene planned. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, but Greer will just kind of tell hiccup. Um. Mm. Uh, or, or kind of turn to the commander um, and uh, say, um, uh, uh, I'd be grateful if you can make the reprimand and breathe. I'd like to speak with Hecka before I leave for Holdall. And mm. uh, give another one of that those nods and... Uh, so you give uh, the nod. Hiccup, his shoulders, like, really slump. He was... You could tell he was hoping not to get reprimanded, and now he's like, oh no, I am going to get yelled at. And um, Commander Clay gives you um, a little satisfied smirk. <laughs> um, and just a nod. Um, and yeah. you, you leave. Hey, shit. Look, uh, Hiccup. Snitches. Mm. Of stitchers get stitches. <laughs> yes. Um, the snitcher coming to, yeah. to Netflix. To Netflix. Anyway, 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 anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she's going to try and go catch up with uh, this Red Claw um, mm. to try and get some information about Holdall. Um, mostly she wants to know where the Yellow Band Club is and where the mm. chapter house of the Stitchers is. So I'm going to scroll up because I'll be scribbling um, for you. Uh, you easily find uh, Private Red Claw, who is a, um, a sparrow. Um... <laughs> And uh, is it kind of a, a large, or a sparrow, uh, quite a large brown bird? I'd say maybe uh, he's as big as your head. Uh, I don't so think not, my head's that big. <laughs> well, this thing is like for a sparrow, he's quite big. Your head isn't that big, but like most sparrows are small as birds go. But he's a bit bigger. Yeah. Um, and you notice that um, he has uh, one. His uh, his right leg is actually entirely tattooed with red ink, just a full block color all the way up. Dang. Um Into what otherwise would be quite small, thin, hard uh, kind of tissue for a, a bird. Mm-hmm. And he is um, happily chirping away at um, some of the other privates uh, in the camp. Um, uh, one of them is uh, cooking like a thick, gruelly porridge over a low campfire. Um, another is gently plucking on a small uh, five-string guitar. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I just really want to say in Kur's voice, like, those are some sick inks, man. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. No, she will, uh, yeah, a- approach with that kind of purpose in her stride. Um... Mm. Uh, and uh, well, explains why his name is Redclaw. Um, 
and because uh, so he's private, right? That would be like the honorific yeah. private rank yeah. law. Like the uh, lowest rank. Yeah, yeah, kind of foot soldier. Sweet. Uh, she uh, approaches. Um, she's a little like, uh, yeah, she's pretty big compared to, you know, the average beast. So I imagine it's a little, uh, not hulking, but um, mm. it's larger kind of figure approaching. Well, you cast uh, a tall shadow. Yeah. Uh, and I'd say and- as you stride with purpose towards them, you can hear them with your keen ears, like chirping and talking and, and generally messing around. And then as you approach, uh, there's like a slight hush um, mm. around you as people aren't like staring, but they're like, oh, she was in the commander's tent and now she's walking to, ooh, private red claws and shit. <laughs> and like the the kind of gentle bantering and uh, like from around and then as you approach, yeah. like, Red Claw kind of looks at you with small beady black eyes and then just stops talking. And the, maybe there's, like, a, there's another hair, actually, plucking away on a guitar. Um, kind of plucking away. And you stand behind this other this other private who's plucking away and is kind of looking around like, uh, why is no one talking? <laughs> uh, oh, God, I'm sorry if you hear a, a plane outside. It's very loud. Um... It's actually a very big bird. Uh, yes. Uh, she. Uh, so then, in that moment, uh, Greer speaks, looking mm. straight. Like she's used to people mm-hmm. going a little bit more hushed around when she comes in. Uh, she's going to look at Private Redclaw um, mm. and address him uh, and say, uh, "Private Redclaw, could I have a moment of your time?" And as you as you say that. Um, the the guitar like uh, <laughs> nothing like it's not like string breaks but like the rabbit um, we'll say a rabbit not a hare um, smaller the rabbit immediately kind of goes oh, looks over the shoulder and then with a big wide smile goes oh hello and then back to Regal goes I'll leave you to it and then sort of like shoulders hunched guitar in both hands just sort of like just walks off <laughs> The the one with the porridge is very intent, looking at this very grey porridge. Yeah. Uh, Red Claw. Uh, interesting porridge. He's yeah, very small. very interesting porridge. Uh, uh, Red Claw chirps a little and goes, uh, 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 "Hi, uh, how can I help you?" Um. So he doesn't make any because she he doesn't make any inclination of like, oh, let's step away or anything like that, right? Um, it's a bit too. Uh, shocked. Cowed. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, she... Oh, so, okay. She, she can't be like, oh, I'm going in for a super secret mission. Also, once mm. again, I'm very there's any stuff picked up. There's literally just abandoned gosh dang kids inside of my window. How being... dare the youth. Are you able to shut the window? Uh, the window's closed. It's just <gasps> that I live street side. They're right outside. We'll just have uh, to endure the children. Yeah. They have walked on though, because they were. They are our future, but damn, is that future dark? (laughs) No, they're just loud. (laughs) And that's fine. They don't know that there's stuff recording right now. I know, I know. I live near a school. Um, I love their little cries at, uh, not cries, but like laughter at playtime and stuff like that. These kids are like middle school. Kids are great. Kids are great. But, anyway, yeah, anyway, your, your anyway. moment with the bird. Yeah, um, and I'm just thinking what she's going to say. Uh, she will say, because uh, she can't say, like, I'm going on a mission. Yeah. Um, 
confidential. Uh, so uh, she's going to say, um... "Oh, I know. She's going to uh, use uh, the because people are going to see her leaving and stuff." Yeah. Uh, she's going to say, um, uh, sorry, now there's like a screeching kid. <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyway, so dumb. Uh, she's Just gonna being say, a kid. Um, yeah, she's gonna say, um, uh, Private Redclaw, I understand uh, you are from Holdo. And, and Redclaw, uh, relaxes a touch, steps off of, say, a log they were perched on and kind of hops a bit forward and says, uh, yes, uh, my 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 dad my dad's dad were from from Holdall. Uh, why do you ask? Uh, the Stitcher's Chapter House was interested in speaking with me, and I'd like to know how to get there as soon as possible, or uh, the fastest route. I don't want to dally too long in the city. Do you know where I could find such a place? The Stitcher's Chapter House. Uh, well, it would probably be in the... Uh, and he kind of starts to... He goes, well, it's a big place. Now, I, I'm I'm used to most of the, the outer bits, seeing as... And he kind of gestures with his wings. He says, I'm a bit more mobile. And he starts to scratch in the ground with his red claw. Um, this is what the the tree looks like. So this is the, the upper bits here. And it's got a, a long... Large. It's one of the largest trees in this area, actually. Um, large trunk. In, inside the trunk, it's all hollowed out. Trees been uh, dead a long time, um, and there are little flats built into the building. There is a large circular staircase that goes all round the inside of the building. That's where most of the regular beasts live. Up here, there are the large branches of the tree and they are filled with uh, buildings, houses, businesses, all that nonsense, really. Um, each of the branches, they're called branches, so it might be olive branch, it might be western branch, it might be sunrise branch, and then that's the address, so to speak, for all the different uh, houses therein. Are you following me? She nods. Right, so... That's where all the, the different bits and bobs are. One of the branches is Guild Branch, which is, as you can presume, where all the Guild Chapter Houses are, or most of them. Some of them are closer. Example, the um, Orb Eaters of a Guild House, uh, lower down uh, in the old Badger Caves, uh, beneath the, the tree. Yeah, she, like, nods once again. Mm. Uh, but once again, her ear twitches in that, like, this is not relevant information. Hmm. Um, and, uh, so that's, uh, I would presume, I wouldn't know personally, I, I think the Stitcher Guild might be on Guild, Guild Branch. Uh, uh, well, if we're, if we're looking at this tree from the direction that you have drawn, uh, would the Guild Branch be on the left side, the right side? Uh, uh well, he, he... I won't give you directions as Brian, but he would give you app directions that once okay. you are at this part of the tree, you would know how to get to Guild Branch. Okay, okay. Uh, that's that's what I needed. So I'd, like, um, I'd write down, I have directions to Guild Branch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have directions to that. Uh, sweet. Um, she will uh, 
kind of nod um, and then say, um, one of the folk there said, if I don't find them at the Guild Branch, that I can meet them at the Yellow Band Club. Are you familiar with such a place? Oh, yeah, sure. It's right in the middle of the tree. There's a little nook here. Uh, there's a platform out here for uh, us winged folk to, to land in, and there's a bit of a, a balcony here on the inside as well. Uh, it's also uh, the opposite side of the elevator. And he kind of he takes his foot and he scrubs out the little circular motion he did and says, on the opposite side of a holdall, there is the, the grand elevator. That's for the uh, less vertically inclined beasts to quickly make their way up and down the city or for cargo to get moved. Uh, it's operated by the, I think it's the Strong Arm Company right now. They bought it out from the other guild. Can't remember the name of it, but it's changed hands. Uh, she nods um and says uh uh would she have known that the strong arms have a presence in Holdall? um no you don't know much about Mm. Holdall. you just know that it's a place with lots of creatures so you wouldn't it's like i don't know which shops are in london because i don't live in it gotcha like i could guess what is the reputation of the strong arm um guild yeah well the strong arm trading company I'm just trying to find the entry I have for the guild, except I can't because I'm dyslexic. They're, they're kind of mercenary, right? Like, they are fighters for hire? Uh, well, you kind of, you... I, I, I assume for the sake of conversation that, like, uh, Gru would ask this. Like, I thought they were, you know, fighters. And then um, uh, Red Claw would say, Oh, 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 uh, Earth, no, um... They're, they're a group of, of, of badgers. They used to be all beaters, but now they've... Uh, or maybe it was Landstrider. Not sure, but they've split off, and now they have their own uh, moving and establishing uh, company. I could say for their size and breadth, if you've ever seen a, uh, a strong arm, uh, they're able to keep other beasts off uh, where's they're moving about, but they, they own lots of uh, uh, cargo bays in different places, and they move things from place to place by car. Okay, she nods. That's good to know. Um, and you've, you've definitely heard of the Guild of Landstriders. They are a group of large beasts that offer... They kind of work as sort of either uh, load-bearing or carrying creatures from one place to another, made up mostly of a capercaillies, which are these very large um, birds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sort of like Scottish dodos. Like flightless... Oh. Or like can fly, but don't normally, um, and very big and muscly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Um, okay, she'll she'll nod um, and say um, she'll thank him for this information. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of, like just I don't know. She's just say like Addie's soldier. Well, I feel um, like probably- I feel like Greer would just like nod and walk away. No, because, no, she, she, she would thank him because, like, he oh, provided yeah, like, 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 thank you, but you wouldn't be like at ease or any like uh, army commands. You'd just be like, well, thank you very much, and then walk away because you're not quite part of the legion, so you wouldn't be no, like commanding yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so she just thanks him for the information. She's gonna um, walk off. Uh, her ears trained to hear if there is going to be a sigh of relief from the group she had just approached. There is a sigh of relief. Um, from uh, Red Claw, and you can hear like muttered 
teasing whispers um, starting from other privates in the nearby tents. Mm. No. Um, all right. Uh, so, uh, equipped with this information, uh, she is going to... Uh, if the camp isn't very big, she's going to meander into the direction of where the uh, Commander Clay's camp is, uh, mm. hoping to uh, maybe see Hiccup before she leaves. So what happens is you turn around and you start to go back towards uh, Clay's camp and you actually turn. I don't know. You could turn and just full on bump into... Um, uh, he's there. Hiccup. Like he's been following you, but he's very bad at it and he's just in the way. Um, or you could like sidestep and he would... I feel like he's the kind of person who'd fall over all the time. So you could like sidestep, <laughs> not bump into him because you're a very, you know, cautious and graceful and aware person. And he'd just be like, Whoa, and he'd just fall over. Yeah. So so she turns around, he's there, and she yeah. does like a kind of ang air bendy, like uh just smooth move around him and he still mm-hmm. falls over he, on his ass. Well this thing is he spins, he does like a Winnie the Pooh, he spins and he just kind of like and the momentum keeps him going, he just poof onto his butt. <laughs> um can she attempt to uh uh like catch him before he just totally falls uh, ass over tea kettle. Describe how you're catching him. Um, so as she kind of does this, like, move around, and he goes like, whoa! Um, <laughs> she basically wants to, like, stabilize his back so he doesn't just fall over and kind of mm-hmm. push him back to being balanced. I'd say make a cunning roll. You're kind movement. of, you're, ma- you're maneuvering his weight <laughs> in a cunning way. I oh. dip him and tear away him. Yes. Like, it's, you kind of, it's Almost like you don't laugh, but it's sort of, you know how to do this and how to maneuver different weights. You sort of, it looks as at first like you're tripping him, but this causes his other leg to twist and fly out. And then you're able to spin him on one leg and then place him slightly dizzy on two steady feet as opposed to tumbling onto the ground. Yes, perfect. Yeah. And he goes, hello. Glad I have found you. He uh, steadies his glasses a little bit. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, because she wanted to speak with him. Um, yeah. uh, she says, um, uh, uh, hmm, he said what? I'm glad he, I found you? Yeah, sorry. Um, I thought you were going to say something, so I, I gave you that gap because we sort of spoke over each other. But like, no, no worries. as no, you no, finished, she, her, would yeah. say, she, she would say, well, I'm glad you did. Yeah. I was hoping to speak with you about the chapter house. Um, and uh, at this point, he sort of brightens and kind of he he's kind of got control of himself. He's not looking dizzy. And he brightens. Says, uh, "Yes, that's why I wanted to speak with you. Uh, I heard about the thing." And he leans in really <laughs> obviously and conspiratorially, but doesn't mention the thing. Yeah. Says, um. She as he starts just talking, he's go- she's gonna like gently start guiding him like to the edges of the camp so she can take mm. off after they're done, but also to and keep moving. And he is moving. very, very easily guided. Yeah, um, perfect. And he doesn't even know it's happening. He's like, oh, yes, I want to talk to you about the thing. He kind of hunches his shoulders and leans in as if he's being sneaky, but he's really not. And he says, yeah. uh, the only collection of writings that the Stitchers have is in our soul chapter house, the founding chapter house in Holdall. 
and, well, you, you're a tanner. You're very good at taking things apart. I see things, beasts apart. And we, we're very good at putting beasts back together. And it's my opinion, the opinion of my colleagues, that those are one and the same, essentially. Did you get my drift? Uh, she nods uh, and she says, um, uh, we cut the lines, you stitch them together. Yes, yes. I feel there's a mutual benefit here. If there's uh, if there's rioting in Holdall, well, there might only be one or two members in the library. The, the rest of us stitchers, we're out with the Legion or we're in other cities doing uh, what we study. We're helping put beasts back together so they can help other beasts put their lives back together and well we can't risk losing the research that we've been so hard won to get you see to, to join the guild you have to come with a paper you have to to bring something to the table to share knowledge and if we lose all of that then we lose what binds us as a as a, as a movement but while you're there in Holdall could you take this and you kind of fumbles in one of his many pouches in his apron. He takes out a little um, copper insignia that is um, a needle, a thread and, uh, well, a needle and thread, but the needle is a claw. Oh, I love it. Embossed. And he says, uh, uh, take this um, and then hands you a letter that's sealed with a similar sort of like indent with wax. Um, if that makes sense. Yes, um, yes. With the other uh, thing, he says, take this. This is proof that uh, I've sent you, and this letter explains everything. It's to give to you the most important uh, uh, texts, really. We can leave some, or others are duplicated, or members of the guild can rewrite them, but there are some stitches who have passed on whose knowledge we'll never be able to to take, to, to record again. We need you to... Well, I would like you. It might be a bit beyond my... Well, I might be overstepping, but I... I don't want to risk anything. If you could get that knowledge and bring it back, then I can copy it and we can have a, a collection. And then if everything's fine and hold all, we can bring it back. But I'd much rather know that it's safe in the hands of someone who cares and understands than, well, either unattended or in the hands of some looter. You understand? Uh, yes? She nods. Uh, yeah, she kind of confirms with a with a Greer nod. <laughs> mm. Um uh, as she's kind of like looking at the insignia and, and the you know letter, and she's gonna put them away. Um, actually, she's uh, as uh, they're speaking after he gave the, her those things, she's gonna grab that um, the the bundle that she has, the wrapped bundle, mm -hmm. and uh, she unfolds it on the ground. And I just imagine mm -hmm. as Hiccup is speaking, uh, there's just a moment when his eyes go from her to the tools, to the tools of the tanner, to the tools mm. of preserving uh, pelts and flank, uh, and, you know, and, uh, um, uh, leather. Um, and she's going to tuck the uh, uh, letter away, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, in a place where she, it's, like, on the edges, so she doesn't need to unfold the entire thing. She's unfolding it now, which is pretty yeah. dramatic. You've got lots of little pouches inside that aren't occupied. So yeah. you're able to quickly put something in. Uh, but she doesn't want to like put it in a pocket so it doesn't get lost or anything. Yeah. Um, and uh, when uh, he kind of remarks about like you know you understand you know the importance of it, um, there's just a moment when her fingers like brush against the tanner's tools, 
Um, uh, and she just kind of says, uh, I, I do. And he sort of looks taken aback, almost. You have, have shown your tools very occasionally, mostly by accident, when you were still an apprentice. And I mean, what's the worst that's happened when you've shown someone your tools? Um, people didn't realize who Greer is, and they would turn uh, kind of indignant or distant or afraid or hostile. Hmm. We'll say, like, the worst thing that's ever happened is that you were maybe looking to stay at one of the, the hostels in a, a nearby town, and you were actually run out of town when someone realized that you were a tanner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't hurt you, but, like, the... The, the hostel ca- uh, ta- uh, caretaker, not caretaker. <laughs> the hostel <laughs> caretaker, like, yelled out, Oh, a filthy vermin! And other creatures quickly, like, grabbed whatever was at hand and they just ran you out of town. So you're expecting, yeah. like, shock, but, like, there's sort of this <gasps> from from the mole. And he leans in and goes, Is, is that gut thread? And he very hesitantly, gently points, doesn't touch, but points at like a pouch of gut thread that you have for like repairing leather and stitching uh, leather together. Mm-hmm. Which I imagine can be used to stitch flesh. <laughs> well, not that you would have thought, but he does. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, she uh, just kind of nods and it, like it gives a kind of confirming like noise <laughs> um he's probably looking at it not her yeah and he kind of noses in further um he has to look quite close because he's a mole uh not blind but very short-sighted and he says may i and he kind of looks up with those little beady eyes almost like he's looking at gold yeah reverent um she there's just a point like she she has now tucked away the symbol and the uh the letter and um she just like closes her eyes for a moment and then looks kind of inclining her head not in curiosity but more in like a what are you doing kind of way um yeah. but she's his earnest uh earnest uh interest um and she's gonna with deft hands kind of un- unhook it from its uh, unhook the thread and the uh, uh the needle uh, that kind of very particular, like, hooked mm. needle that it is, like the, you know, uh, when you used to pierce leather, or mm. together, uh, flesh. Yeah, it's like a, it's and, a thick iron waxed so that it doesn't rust. Yeah, um, uh, and she's just gonna very quickly kind of pluck it, um, and say, uh, uh, a quick look. I'm supposed to be on my way. It, but she kind of gives it to him. He kind of doesn't quite hear what you say, like, he kind of nods, but he takes the thread out, and he looks and he goes, so th- Fine. And between, like, the hands of two claws, you kind of, like, bung, 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 test the strength of the thread by pulling it. And it makes it sort of, like, bong, as, as, as gut a thread does. And he goes, this is... I've, I've tried to, to make gut thread, but it's... Well, taboo. And boar guts are so thick. But from what I've studied, I... No, you, you must be going. And he kind of quickly wraps it back up and then lays it down gently on the, the case. Not presuming to put it away, assuming you have some kind of uh, routine, but putting it on the, the case, not on the ground, or, you know, handing it to you, if that makes sense. Like, cleanly. 
Yeah. Can I put it in? Another... Uh, well, like, you you have to be in the way, but we. I would love to to sit and talk with you about all of these fascinating tools you have. I think they could be of great use. For, um, for just on us. him saying like we've tried to to or try to make this, she will just kind of mutter like, um, uh, uh, well, it's all about the chemicals you put them in, potassium hydroxide. It needs to be just the right mixture. He kind of. Uh, he squints a bit and goes, potassium. We need to talk. <laughs> um, he seems like he, he has no idea what that is, but he's now very interested at what you know and what you could share. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say like Greer would have this determination of like, I need to get on. Um, yeah. And so like the conversation would kind of like peter off there. Um, but uh, yes. It's not rude for you to leave and be like, yes, I need to go yeah. and then go. Well, I mean, she, she will, because, you know, he's very bright-eyed and obviously interested, but she will kind of put the bundle to get back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she'll say, uh, you know, there's not there's a reason this knowledge is not widely known. It is only upon apprentices that it is bestowed. And I can't his... really talk about it freely, but if you were to take up an apprenticeship with the Tanners, well, that would be a different conversation. His shoulders slump when you say, well, there's a reason why this isn't spread widely, and he sort of you notice his head kind of turns. He's not looking at you, but he kind of he seems to be, for a genuine moment, considering. And he says, <laughs> on your return, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, I, I should be sending letters to the the stitches back at, at Broken Tusk, uh, to say what I've, I've asked you to do. Uh, best of luck. Uh, she nods. Um, she says, um, actually, no, no, she, she doesn't say anything. She just uh, nods um, and uh, uh, says, perhaps we'll talk later. Uh, and then she's uh, kind of going to like stretch a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, make a mighty leap forward uh, down the hill uh, as she's going to bound across the hill on all fours, uh, being able to run much faster than uh, mm-hmm. when she does it. And I'm going to say you're at the edge of the camp, and it's as you stretch, you start to kind of you really breathe in, you really like prepare yourself for a long run. Um, not really long, because for uh, a hare, a couple miles is probably nothing. Um, you could do that easily but it's more just like preparing yourself and breathing and getting ready to go and you catch gently on the wind the smell of smoke wood smoke her nostrils definitely flare at this and she looks with concern in the direction of Holdall um you can't see any uh fire or any sign of anything like that, but you you sniff and smell and think that's not right. You can't see any fires down the valley that would be making a small campfire that could be blowing into your nose. The wind is in front of you, from Holdall into you. The camp behind you, it's not the camp you're smelling, it has to yeah. be Holdall. And, and you should I not think- smell campfire or any fire this far away. I think her, uh, as she 
leaps forward, kind of bounding on all fours. Uh, a lingering thought is what Redclaw said about that old tree is dead inside, and those mm. tend to burn the fastest. We are at 3.30 p.m. I think this is a good point. I to... think that's a good point, yeah. To, mm. to I thought I'm going to be maybe in hold, because... Um, I thought we were going to get all the way up to the, the guild chapter house. I honestly did, briefly, but so much has happened. Yeah, we briefly spoke with Brian, kind of like, like I knew that I'm going into Holdall and mm. there might be trouble. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what's going to be going on. Um, and I thought we'll be in Holdall, but uh, the RP is too powerful. I must <laughs> uh, uh, speak in my rear voice to this wonderful frog and mole and mm. I love Hiccup. I want to adopt him. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed making the characters this session. Um, it definitely feels, it's very different to Balthazar and Pipistrel, where like it's two people who are knowing each other and becoming familiar. Here, everyone already knows each other. There's sort of like a, fam a familiarity of name yeah. and purpose. It's very different vibe, which is just as interesting. Yeah, I, I do quite like that. And I'm very interested in when Greer's going to enter uh, Holdall. Um, the reactions to her might be very different uh mm. and or, or to who she is if it becomes apparent in any way and i'm very much looking forward to how that might complicate my journey um or trying to uh speak with anyone or get any information i really hope those two rats weren't eaten by the raven uh by, sorry by the crow mm. i'm gonna be really sad i hope i, I will say crows are a special um case point they could be called predators because they eat meat and bugs. Mm -hmm. However, they eat carrion. They very specifically <laughs> eat carrion um, if they have to eat creatures. Um, so they're one of the few like predator birds that aren't. Um, yeah. Because they don't hunt. They they eat other creatures, which leaves them in this strange like halfway point where you're not quite sure where your prejudice lies with that. And also, the legion hasn't necessary you haven't ever heard any rumors within the tusk legion of persecution of crows in the same way you've heard of persecution of um say wildcats or uh, yeah. wolves that sort yeah. of thing uh gotcha um interesting well i am very interested to see where this will go uh, as mm. adventure will continue next week if i'm not mistaken yes um i'll be honest i think it might even be a three episode. We'll see if we can really get through it next. I'm, I really like Greer. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind uh, her adventure uh, being as long as it needs. Uh, and then uh, once uh, our lovely uh, co player, co host Atlanta is, is able to join well, us back. It might well, be. If uh, our co host is ready to join us, um, the, there could be a second interlude character. Oh, there, there well could be. Join uh, in the city. Mm, well, we Wins. shall see how things unravel. Yeah. Uh, we're very flexible and, uh, like, because we have, uh, I don't we, I don't think we ever stated it, like, on stream, but this is very much a, like, casual thing between a bunch of friends and, if, yeah. uh, like, I just like if I'm I don't know deciding one day that I'm not feeling it I I don't I won't be on the show when then Atlanta mm -hmm. and Brian will do something so it's very casual uh, which is why we're just fine kind of mixing things up and like um, shout out to our sponsorship with Roll Twenty we're not obligated to do shows um, 
It's just that when we do shows, they will sponsor us, which is really nice because it means if we have a week where we can't do anything, like last week, for various reasons, yeah. there's no pressure to do a show. Um, it doesn't like jeopardize or like there's no like oh you can only miss three shows and that's it. Like it's a nice flexible it's, uh, relationship. Yeah, it's very uh, like the kind of casual nature of it is really comfortable. Yeah anyone on on the spot or under pressure which is really cool but nonetheless i'm very excited to, to join again next week and see where uh greer's uh path to and through hold all takes us yeah i think it's gonna be really fun um, <laughs> i'm really looking forward to it thank you everyone for joining us this week um it has been really 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 great uh I think we should do what we always do. We'll reintroduce ourselves, shout out about stuff that's happening, and uh, call it a close. So I'm yeah. Brian. I use he, him pronouns. Um, I run Dungeons on a Dime. I made Adventures on a Dime. Uh, I drew the maps. I'm going to shout that out. I drew the little maps, the key little, <laughs> which is really fun. Um, and I'm the narrator of this gorgeous, really fun tale. Um, also, a tiny shout out. Um, I am the editor on a Kickstarter right now. It's got a couple days left. Um, it's called Glam Metal Monster Hunter. And it is uh, just a, it's a role playing system where you play as a 90s rock band and you get to be in different uh, like band positions, like the virtuoso or the frontman, you know, the singer. Uh, and you have four stats Glam, Metal, Monster, and Hunter. And you're fighting the forces of darkness and hell with rock and glam and glitter pants and mascara and it's like crazy <laughs> so yeah uh, actually when it comes to things that we can uh, shout out um, my uh, uh, art pal and also editor on uh, uh, one of the comics that I'm working on uh, Greenwood is currently running a Kickstarter for a, a guide. It's called Guide to Chroma. It is a fantasy yes. guide. Um, it uh, is a setting and uh, kind of, if I'm not mistaken, it has like a system in it as well, a bunch of classes. You can find it on Kickstarter under Guide to Chroma. It has handily meted skull, but it has eight days to go and they still have uh, many exciting uh, things that they can offer. Uh, if you like tabletop games and if you like especially things made by individual creators, I uh, highly recommend checking it out. They had a a, a lovely live game uh, this Sunday, uh, which you can catch on VODs. Um, if you go to... Let me double check there. Uh, I just want to make sure I get there. Uh, I'm sticking it in the, the thing. Yeah, so if you go to Eve G. Wood on... Um, Twitter, uh, one of their latest uh, posts is a link to uh, the VOD of this wonderful game. Uh, I was going to be on it, uh, but unfortunately, um, I run my own games on Sunday and it just kind of coincided with... Uh, we had a big boss battle and my players would probably be kind of mad if I went away mm -hmm. to play a different game that day. Um, but it is very delightful and uh, I would really recommend checking it out. Uh, it looks absolutely beautiful and yeah. uh, very exciting. Anyway, so that's I a guide to Chroma. I just stuck it up on the, on the stream and then also... Oh. Um, uh, Glam Metal Monster Hunter. I like that the name of that game is just all over the characteristics. It's like, it's yeah. like a D &D 
Called strength, dexterity, constitution, charisma, wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel like I. It's got a, like I like the four stack vibe. I also want um. Oh, what is it? Uh, uh, RuPaul's. I want a game where you have charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. That's not a, a good uh, public stream name to call something, but I like the vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, very niche systems that are just yeah. like catered specifically to you are a rock band are fantastic. Also, um, um, I love the character sheet because it's a stack of amps and then it's got like your your hang-ups, like your flaws are a spilt drink on the, the speakers. And then- That is, um, that is fantastic. That is yeah. some fantastic flavor. And it's just, yeah, and then you can, the different stats you have are like the dial knobs on the thing. And yeah, and it's just fun. It's just fun. <laughs> it's delightful. Yeah. So cool campaigns, maps, awesome. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us. I hope you have a, a wonderful oh, week. I, I can also introduce myself or reintroduce oh, yes. myself. We uh, haven't gotten to say that. who you are. Yes, I, I have been Ver. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on social media, uh, Verface at Twitter. And sticks and shark at shark, sticks and sharks at Tumblr. I also have a Patreon uh, upon which I bestow a many variety of uh, sketches. Uh, right now, because uh, I mentioned beforehand that I'm working on a comic that the lovely Eve Greenwood is uh, an editor on, along with Alex Hassan. They're both fantastic, very talented people with wonderful feedback. I love them so much. Um, the comic I'm working on right now, uh, I uh, post uh, some little previews of it and designs on my Patreon if anyone is interested in things pertaining to um, a strange kind of other, like fantasy mythology and uh, a pair of characters called The Daughter and the Burning Beast. So um, beautiful. Uh, yes. Uh, so that's about it for me. Uh, sorry to have uh, totally interrupted your goodbyes, but God damn no, no, it, I'm good. No, no, you've got to say, I was I was in my head the whole time you were talking about this kid, so I was like, Ver's got to introduce themselves. Ver's got to introduce himself. Ver's got to well, go. And then it just, immediately, I was like, it's gone. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I totally get that there. Hey, at least today we remembered to a thank roll 20 at the beginning of the stream. Rather oh yeah, than hashtag thank, thank roll 20. <laughs> we actually wrote a script and stuck to it, guys. Yes. Anyway, We're have here. a wonderful day. It's goodbye from me and Ver. And I presume all the love from Atlanta as well. We will see you next Wednesday. Yeah, uh, goodbye. Have a nice day, everyone. Bye. Bye.